0: Hi, Juliet the Rabbi here, coming to you from New York City. The greatest show on earth. Yeah, we have the great. Anyway, hi, uh, Shabbat Shalom, almost. I'm going to talk today about aliens and whales and Tetzaveh, uh, the Parsha called Tetzaveh. This week I happened upon a funny series on Netflix. And at first I thought it would be too silly and too childish. I was trying to figure out, am I really going to like this show? But then I saw that the humor was right up my alley. I mean, it's a really well done show. It's called Resident Alien. I uh, don't know if you've seen it, but I think it's really funny and it's childish. And, but it's really made for adults. It's got really deep messages and it's not, it's not made for kids. It's really not. But anyway, so I've kept watching it becoming more and more engrossed and invested in the characters and the outcome. The main character is this alien living among humans. That's why it's called Resident Alien, which, which is obviously also a play on the way we often speak about migrants from other countries in the US. We de- dehumanize them, right? Um, so this particular alien on the show has come from another planet to Earth and he's not come for good reasons he's on a mission to destroy all of humanity humanity and i keep trying to understand exactly why i'm not totally clear on why but definitely he thinks that he's superior to humans they're these stupid stupid species and um, and he's got this strength, which is that he can transform his outer appearance. He has a lot of strengths. I mean, it's like things that humans could never do. He can transform his outer appearance to look like any other human, which partly makes him what he thinks of as superior and, and more intelligent. Um, and as he lives among humans, he learns their ways. And at first, it's it's all part of a disguise. But slowly, slowly, he's transformed. So he's learns how to be human how to seem like a human never quite gets there he still has this kind of mechanical way of talking but he's slowly transformed and he becomes more and more human and less and less alien and this is part of his charm because he starts to feel things he starts to love people he starts to he yeah he starts to yeah so that's that's, it's fun I do recommend it you should give it a chance um, so where once he thought of himself as far superior, far more intelligent, he begins to see the strengths in humanity. And there's this one character who becomes his only friend. I haven't watched to the end of the show, so I don't know if he makes more friends. But suddenly he becomes, comes. he's like, oh, my God, if I destroy all of humanity, then she's going to die. She can't die. And um, so he starts rethinking this whole thing. And she teaches him about human compassion she's like we show up for each other when we're in need this is how we survive the trials and tribulations of life and the show also teaches that anyone's is another thing that she says anybody can be your family even if they're not blood and blood related so that's the show so good so fun Um, really deep at the same time. And then this morning I was like, oh, what am I going to write about this week? What am I going to talk about? And then as I was exercising, actually I was doing Qigong. Yeah, it's exercising, but it's like energy, you know, energy work. It's both. Um, I tuned, I, I like to listen to podcasts sometimes and I tuned into the Radiolab podcast I find it really fun and funny, and I always learn something from it. And this week, it was just, I thought I was just going to be listening to some silly, like, thing. It's called The, wor- the World's Smartest Animal. But it ended up being like, oh, my God, this really relates to what I want to talk about this week. So the hosts set it up kind of like, um, like a game show. And there are contestants who each argue for a particular animal as the smartest animal on earth. And it's funny, they're funny. I mean, they're ridiculous. Um, Like the chicken, one of them says, is so smart it can play tic-tac-toe. Which by the way, I have heard that that's true. Doesn't prove that it's smart. And in fact, the guy who talks about this says, actually, you know, that doesn't mean, anyway, he loses to a chicken. Um, the crow is so smart that it can make tools. This is true. I've learned this about crows in the past. It also holds funerals for other crows so it can figure out what they died of and avoid a similar death. Like a whole group of crows gathers around a a dead crow. Um, so like the crows are really smart and I, I think that's true. And in the end... The audience votes. I mean, they have koala bears. They have—I forget what other animals they—they they talk about. Um, they're not allowed to talk about the most obvious mammals that we compare our intelligence to, or whose intelligence we compare to our own, like chimpanzees and gorillas and elephants. We can't talk about. They can't. They're not allowed to include those animals, so they're off the board. Okay. So, but guess which animal wins. It's the sperm whale. And why? Partly it's because the sperm whale can sense another being approaching from very far away. And I thought, well, yeah, of course, that's good for self-protection against the enemy. Humans are terrible at that. We don't have that sense. Very few of us do. Um, But more importantly, the sperm whale was admired... For its lack of the lack of concept of I in its vocabulary, if it were to have a vocabulary. Um, If a sperm whale could explain its emotions, it would say, We are sad, we are in pain, for example. There was even, and this is very touching, it made me want to cry. There's even a group of sperm whales that adopted a dolphin with a deformity. It had a spinal deformity, like a curvature of its spine or something that had caused its own group of dolphins to reject it. So these whales know about community. They are the epitome of a completely communal way of thinking and living. Okay, back to something or on to something much more serious. Since the beginning of the war in Gaza, I've been talking a lot about compassion. I've been writing about it every week and talking about it on my podcast. I've been asking us to open our hearts to those who disagree with us, those we disagree with, or even I've been asking how can we even do that for our quote unquote enemy, or for that which or those who seem alien alien to us. And I and I'm I'm asking the question now, does it protect us to be afraid and maintain our distance? I think that's true sometimes. Or maybe a lot of times. But there are times when it sets up a separation that we can't bridge and i think it does that much too much much too often and we do it for it's like it's that 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 instinct in us is taken advantage of of a, is taken advantage of by politicians and by politics this week in torah i'll explain more what i mean by that but you probably know what i'm getting to this week in torah Instructions are given for garments to be worn by the high priest in the temple. One major element of these garments is the breastplate or choshen. It's a patterned brocade made of special colorful threads, and in this brocade, there are sets there's a set of four rows of stones they set four rows of stones they're instructed to set four rows of different stones and the stones add up to 12 and each one represents the 12 tribes of Israel and each stone is a different stone for each tribe which is like uh, it represents its various qualities particular qualities to the tribe there's mystical explanations for it um, so the priest wears this Hoshen, this breastplate, over his chest. So what's the meaning behind this? There's a lot of things, but one of them is that it's a tool, it has been used as, it was used as a tool for divination, a way of getting divine guidance. And if you think about each tribe in, I mean, the war, the time, the, the Torah is all about war, right? It's like, how does the, Israelite. how do the Israelites become a people? How do they overcome other people? So it's thought of as having been given guidance in times of war, for example. But it's important that these 12 add up to one. These 12 tribes become one Jewish people in some. And I want to ask, Why do we continually need these reminders in the Torah that we are one? Why, like the resident alien in the TV series, who learns that the greatest human strength lies in our ability to have compassion, why does it seem like this is a lesson we too have not yet internalized? To have compassion for each other and to see each other as one. Israel is a microcosm of all humanity. We're still in a tribal mindset is our problem. Waiting to be attacked and using the attack as a reason to strip our enemy of their humanity. This is a thing I don't... Maybe people have always done this, stripped their enemies of humanity. Maybe that's the only way you can attack other people is not see them as human. But when we stop seeing the other as human, we lose our compassion. When we lose our compassion, we lose what is most valuable about being human. I wonder if we can stop politicizing violence with labels that either dehumanize others or hold them up as heroes. Because, I mean, think about it. What's the difference between a terrorist and a freedom fighter? Except that we think that one is just is more justified in their actions in their violence than the other i I want to ask if we personally are not capable of doing this of of seeing our enemy as human and of perpetrating violence ourselves, how can we expect our enemy to do it if we can't do it ourselves? I wonder if we can make it a practice to look at a stranger, someone we are perhaps even frightened of, and still see the image of God in them, even knowing that they could hurt us. Like the resident alien who begins to rethink his mission of killing humans as he gets closer to them. Maybe we too can get closer to those we consider our enemies. I think it's fair to say that we're all engrossed and invested in this and all conflict, this particular conflict and all conflict on earth and its outcome. Our future as a people, as a species, and as a planet depends on it. This future, the future depends on us, We just have to remember that we're all characters in this show on Earth. I want to bless us that we all become more human, less alien, and stop thinking of ourselves and our tribe as superior. Because anyone can be family, even if they're not blood related. I wish you a Shabbat Shalom. Say Amen. May it be so. And go to my website, realrabbinyc.com. And check out everything I got there. And leave me a comment. Please leave me a comment. And follow my show. That would help me. All of those things. All right. Yeah, if you like the messages I sent, I, I get out into the world. And if you want to spread them more. Please help spread them. Okay, until next time. Bye.